Now this morning, um, I have a prophetic message, but first of all, I want to share this heartwarming story and also inspire us with a fresh appreciation of how blessed we are, because I, be, I really sense this will motivate us to respond to what, what I sense God is saying. On Friday, um, I unexpectedly came across this short video of two circus lions. Um, they happen to be in Peru. You know, we know how they've, they've banned uh, circus lions and other animals in circuses long ago. But um, they, unfortunately, in, in South America, there are places where they felt they can still get away with it. But there was the, this couple who've made it their life's mission to go rescuing these, these circus lions. And they found these two um, brothers, these lions, Simba and Rex, um, high up in the Andes Mountains in a small town there. They, they belong to an organization called Animal Defenders International. And in the interview, what really struck me about this couple was their passion for their mission mm. and their compassion. You know, they cared so deeply. They really wanted to do this, and it was their pleasure to do this. And they were willing to pay whatever price, whatever it cost them to save and set these lines free. And we've got a, a slide coming up. If we can have that first slide, Rosemary. You know, this was the cage that these, these lions lived in. And so they wanted to get them back home to Africa. And after a long journey by, by both land and air, the animals arrived at the, the sanctuary in South Africa. And in actual fact, there was a total of 33 lions on that plane. And they showed them the footage of when the two brothers were released for the, into, you know, they opened the cages in their new home and um, they felt grass underfoot for the first time. And they literally stepped into freedom in this wonderful, wide open space of, of felt um, in, in the sunshine. And the man said, he said, it was obvious watching them. They, they knew immediately they were home. And we've got a, a, a next slide coming up to show us of a, a little bit of you know, just in the grass, in the we call it mm -hmm. felt, and they were just so so happy there because this is their true environment. This is what they were born for, mm. and this is where they belong, and where they can truly be the lions they were created to be. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> totally. Well, this story actually illustrates some of the aspects of how blessed you and I are. Um, on our next slide, we have Ephesians 1, verses 4 to 8. Now, we need to go back in time way before the book of Genesis. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Isn't that, I find yeah, that incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thousands of years before you were born, God loved you and decided to adopt you as his own child into his very own family. Amen. Yeah. 
um, I just find that phenomenal. So we praise God for the glorious grace He's poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He's so rich in kindness and grace, He purchased our freedom. He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us. Wow. You know, far more than that couple who saved the lions. God loved and cared for us so deeply that He willingly paid the greatest cost yeah. to save us from and set us free from sin and death. Mm. He gave His very own beloved Son, Jesus, to be a sacrifice yeah. on the cross. Mm. And the power of His blood cleanses us so we are righteous and without fault in His eyes. And we can come freely yeah. into God's presence and we are sure of a glad welcome there. Mm. So good. Yeah. It, I, I just find it absolutely wonderful. <coughs> and then, through Jesus' resurrection, we don't only receive that gift of eternal life, but we receive life now in all its fullness mm. while on earth. We can live in true freedom, just like those lions. We can live in the environment we were born for and where we belong, which is the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. And this will be our home forever. Something that was so, so wonderful to see was that the lions in the sanctuary, they quickly form a community, a family, and they all roar together at sunrise and at sunset. And you know, Father God has adopted us into his own family. And he wants us all to roar together too. In our true environment, we truly become the person we were meant to be. That person of full potential that God intended. And just take note of this, that just like the lion rescuers, God wanted to do this. It gave him great pleasure to do this. And so I pray that as we listen to this prophetic word, we will respond to God in the same way. Because we appreciate how profoundly blessed we are, we will want to, and it will be our great pleasure to do so. But just before I, I share this word, I'd like to um, invite Julian up. And there might be someone here who doesn't yet know Jesus mm. in, that, in a personal relationship as their, as their Lord and Savior. Mm. And we'd love to give you an opportunity. just want to read out Matthew 28, verse 18. And some of you will know this one very, very well. The disciples went to Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all <coughs> nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. You know, Jesus said those words. And when he said he's got all authority, that means he's all authority there's no other authority there's no other god there's no other way to heaven there's no other way to salvation there's no other way you can make it it's only through jesus all of the old testament points toward jesus christ 
as the only authority. And yet some of them doubted, some of them had their doubts. In fact, one translation says they all doubted. So they came, but they still had their doubts. Yeah. I think that's very normal to have some doubts. But Jesus said, I'm with you always. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. And what did he say? Go and make disciples, baptize them. Next Sunday, we're doing a baptism here at church because people were deciding, this is the way I want to follow Jesus. I want to be baptized and I want to go from death into life. So if we just close our eyes this morning and, you know, just... Yeah, just close your eyes. Let's just take a moment. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And, uh, and as I do that, yeah, Holy Spirit, I know you're here, God. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in this room this morning and you just sense, okay, I'm hearing this word, but choose to follow Jesus Christ, to be baptized, to follow his way. If you're here this morning and you want to say yes, Yes, I want to accept this message. I want to receive Christ today for all that he's done and to welcome him into my life. You know, it really doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came to save us no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. He's came to give us a new start. And by his sacrifice, his blood, every sin, every time we've gone against his will is nailed to the cross and it's washed by the blood of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say in your heart, I need to make a decision today to choose to follow him. And just while people are praying, if you want to do that, just lift up your hand slowly and I'm going to, I'm going to see that. And we're just going to pray a prayer together. This is not to embarrass anyone or anything like that. But this is between you and God. This is to say, yes, I want to make that decision this morning. So just while people are praying, if you're here in this room and you know in your heart and you sense that, yes, actually, there is something here that I need to do. There is a response I need to make. This message is true, and I know it in my heart. And I want to respond today and say yes to God. If you're here this morning and you want to make that response, just lift your hand up, and I'm going to see that. And we're going to pray a prayer together. I'll just wait a few moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't worry about the person next to you or alongside you. If you're here and you know you need to make that decision today, say yes to Jesus. Yes to his call. Yes to his adoption, as it says in that verse. Yes to his blessing. Thank you, Lord. If you want to make that decision, just raise your hand. I'm going to see that. We're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Well, Lord, we just, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. Lord, I just pray this morning, God, as we continue to hear the message, we just want to say thank you for what you've done on the cross. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Where would we be without your grace, oh God? Yes. And so, Lord, we just acknowledge, God, Lord, all that you've done for us. Thank you that the gospel is not what we can do for you, God, yeah. but what you've already done for us. Yeah. So we bless your name this morning. Thank you, Julian. Right. This, I feel, is a prophetic word for the whole, um, the Church of New Zealand. And we have, we have the next slide coming up, fire on the altar. And in summary, it come to the altar, the secret to burning. Bring a log, the key to climate change. 
and we will unpack that. Now, some months ago, the Holy Spirit strongly highlighted two scriptures to me, and shortly after, a few days later, I received a related vision, and I, I will be sharing that later on. So, the first scripture is coming up on the next slide, Leviticus 6, verses 12 and 13. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Then the second, the second scripture the Holy Spirit highlighted was Romans 12 verse 1. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, these might seem disparate scriptures, but they just go hand in hand together because every believer is both a priest and a living sacrifice on the altar. And here are two of the things I sense the Lord is speaking. Firstly, Jesus is calling us all Come to the altar. Bring yourself afresh in full surrender as a living sacrifice. There are new depths of surrender. He really desires a radical surrender, a willingness to let it all go, to lay down all our own plans, ambitions, desires, etc. at the cross, a willingness to crucify the human flesh, a willingness to live a pure, holy life, that really pleases our Lord. Mm, yeah. And this important, important principle of life, God started teaching it to me as, as a young woman and, and as a, a young Christian as well. I'd, I hadn't been a Christian long. And at that point, um, I had declined uh, several marriage proposals as I felt I wanted to wait for the right man. <laughs> then I unexpectedly met my first husband, Ron. And those of, most of you know that my first husband, Ron, uh, suddenly passed away and went to heaven some number of years ago. And David's first wife, Jane, also went to heaven um, two months before he did, and God supernaturally brought us together. Mm. So just those of you that don't know that, I perhaps need to, need to just explain. So um, when I unexpectedly met Ron, we, we started dating, and a few months after we first met, the Holy Spirit said this very quietly, but very clearly. Mm. This is the man you're going to marry. Mm. And we fell in love, and then Ron told me, he said, I'm going to marry you. Yeah. I didn't get a, a, a proposal. <laughs> I was just told. But, but I knew, um, you know, how God had really spoken to me. And so I, you know, I, I totally accepted it. I was very happy. And we started at that point talking about our future together. And then... At that point, I heard the Lord very clearly again say to me, I must break up with Ron. And this made no logical sense because he just told me Ron was his promised gift of a husband. And 
you will know that marriage involves your whole future, your whole destiny. I mean, the most mm. important decision in life is receiving Jesus. Mm. The second most important decision is choosing mm. whom to marry. Mm. And, you know, just the thought of, of laying this all down, it, 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 was, it was heartbreaking to me. And so I had this huge inner tussle and was staring at this potentially bleak future. But I got to the point where I surrendered all of my life and all of my desires and to God and I obeyed Him. I picked up the phone and I very tearfully phoned Ron and to end our relationship. But you know, he immediately came, came over and we talked it through. And at the end of the, the conversation, we both realized that that God had given me the Abraham-Isaac test. You know, Isaac was God's promised gift of a son to Abraham. Then God told him to sacrifice his son on the altar. Yeah. It didn't make logical sense. But by faith and trust in the Lord, Abraham obeyed his instructions. You see, God... I believe was testing me. I mean, the person I wanted and loved the most, the person that spoke of my future promise with God, was I willing to lay it all down on the altar? Was I willing to trust my Lord like Abraham and love the Lord above all others? And you see, this, this is our challenge today. Is there some, something some area in our lives that we need to perhaps lay down. Mm, that's good. You know, yeah. am I willing to live for Jesus yeah. as my number one, mm. as my first love? Mm -hmm. Will we respond and say, Lord, I want to with great pleasure offer myself as a living sacrifice yeah. to you? Mm, that's, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Mm. That's why I wanted to inspire us to realize how incredibly blessed we are, how, how God gave everything to us. And here is the paradox, because I think some of you are thinking, oh, that, that sounds hard, but, but it's not. The paradox is when I lay down my life in surrender, and it seems as if I'm losing my life, I actually find yeah, it and right. way, way more yeah, I mean. in addition. Abraham got his son back with massive blessings that had ramifications mm. into the future. Mm. I got my future husband back with huge blessings. Mm. We enjoyed 28 years of happy marriage. God gifted us two wonderful sons. And, you know, before Ron went to, to heaven, you know, we were closer together we loved each other way more we just loved each other's company we were always talking we had so much to talk about way more than when we first fell in love you know in in our youth so there was much much more and if we will just simply trust god yeah. and obey yeah, god good. whatever he says even if it doesn't make sense mm. you will discover how much God has for you and that you will just absolutely good, receive yeah. way more. You always 
gain with God. Yeah. Never ever be afraid of what you will lose at the altar. Mm. Mm. Amen. After God, you know, supernaturally brought David and, and me together, what came to mind, it was actually nearly 15 years ago, and we had a theme song that had these words on our wedding day, Jesus, all for Jesus, all I am and have and ever hope to be. And you know, when we, we declare that, we are saying Jesus is truly Lord of my life. You know, Jesus, I want to live for you. And it is the key to the fullness of life and freedom. It is the gateway to new spiritual realms that you've never experienced mm. before. Just like those lions, they stepped out of that cage onto yeah. grass for the first time into this big open space they've never experienced before. Mm. And that is what is waiting for you if you are willing to lay it all down for Jesus. Yeah. So oh, yeah. he, and I can, I can say, I realized this morning, I, I had to do some calculations it's been 49 years that I've known Jesus. Yeah, and, awesome. And I can just say, He has fulfilled His promises. He is faithful. Yeah. And what I have gained, I, would, I could fill books with it literally. Literally fill books. If I wrote everything down, what I have gained, you always gain with God. Mm-hmm. And there is more. Come to the altar. It is the secret to burning. The fire of His Spirit will keep burning in your heart. And you know, just as we maintain that that humble prostate posture of the altar, that that surrendered attitude of heart, the Lord will keep imparting fresh fire that will burn higher and higher. We will stay on fire for Jesus and we will set others on fire too. And I've seen that in my own life. I have such a fire for Jesus burning in my heart that is stronger and more passionate than ever before. And if you were there um, July that that night, if we shared that that prophetic word that God is speaking um, to his people about this coming Jesus revolution, that I'm desperate to see the next generation know that same encounter with God. Jesus and they fire and that God is going to do this mm. so that's the first thing that I feel God is saying and the secondly Jesus is calling us all to come to the altar and bring a log we read how in Leviticus how God repeatedly says the fire must be kept burning all the time And you and I are not just living sacrifices, we are priests as well. And as his priest, each morning, add fresh wood to the fire. Bring a log of praise. Bring a log of worship. Bring a log of prayer. Now the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Offer a continual sacrifice of praise. And the corporate church altars across our nation also badly need more logs of prayer and worship for more fire on the altar. 
We need to roar together like those lions in prayer and worship. Roar more like never before. You know, there are those who faithfully bring their logs and keep doing what you're doing. This is a call for more people. If you haven't been doing this, he's calling you to join and bring your logs to increase the fire on the altar at Church Unlimited and, you know, nations, you know, all the nation's churches. Many of God's people are doing 2 Chronicles 7.14, but prayer needs to increase. I think you'd agree our nation is in desperate and dire straits. You know, I have, in, in the 26 years I've lived here, I have just never seen such, you know, rapid decline and acceleration of, of wicked things going. Mm-hmm. Our nation needs you. And every sacrifice of praise matters. Every prayer of a righteous person makes a difference. James yeah. writes, your prayers, the prayers of just one righteous person, we righteous in Christ, mm-hmm. are powerful yeah. and effective. Because yeah. what happens when we bring more logs to the fire. It is the key to climate change and not the kind of thing that some of you are thinking. (laughs) Though, having said that, it will affect things because sometimes there are things that happen in our world when you read the scriptures, it's a direct consequence of of the sinfulness and rebellion of people. But I am am talking about something else. God (coughs) always responds to faithful prayers. And as we pray, more of heaven's atmosphere will be released on the earth. We will see spiritual climate change in our homes, in our communities, in our towns, and our cities. Oh, would I love to see the glory of God fall on our city of Auckland. And I've seen visions of this. It's been, you know, gold symbolizes God's glory. And I've seen gold flakes coming down like rain many years ago on our city and I felt it was God's promise that as we pray he is going to do this and God promises in that in in that Chronicles 2 Chronicles 7 14 he promises he will heal our land he will pour out his spirit on lost multitudes with a widespread spirit of repentance which, which brings me to this related vision I saw with the, um, soon after these two scriptures. You know, as a nation, we're a, we're a multi-generation, a multinational nation, aren't we? Yeah. Um, people from many nations have come to New Zealand and made this their home. So this is what I saw in this vision. Right across New Zealand, I saw huge numbers from different tribes and different nations on their knees before God in deep repentance. And as the tears of repentance fell on the land, that they were they were just they were wetting the land. As I saw these tears falling, and as they fell, the blood drops of Jesus Christ fell from heaven to cleanse and heal the land and its people. Now, the blood drops is obviously symbolic and figurative, all right? Mm. And in the vision, I was seeing redemption, 
restoration, reconciliation, and righteousness. Our land will yield a great harvest of salvation. New Zealand as a righteous nation will be exalted by God if we pray. We need to pray Isaiah 45.8 that God will fulfill his word. This is God speaking. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created this. Let us pray that and let us declare Psalm 85.12. Our land will yield its harvest. This is, this is how we are to pray. And in closing, our final slide. It's a quote from D.L. Moody. Every move of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. That's speaking about God's people doing 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves yeah. and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Yeah. That is what yeah. that is talking about. So if I could encourage us all, keep praying for revival, mm. for this great awakening and transformation yeah. of our society. Let's keep praising God because He has the power to do this. Only He can do this on your personal altar and on the church altar. <coughs> Bring a log and keep the fire burning. Yeah, amen. Shall amen. we stand? Mm. And let's just pray.